There it goes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris Baca and Jared Truby just got done listening to Rick Ross amping mm, so hard. Welcome to the world, y'all. Every day we hustling. Hustling. So, do you get it? <laughs> maybe you do, maybe you don't. We've got a little Q&A episode dialed up for you. Really good questions from the interwebs this week. Mm. Really excited. Whole range of things to do. The WWW was on fire. WWW.net was just kicking out the jam. It's like, hey, I want to know these things. Let's do a building update. Let's do a building update. It's getting farther built. <laughs> it's so real. <laughs> So shout out to everybody who's helped out. Our crew is awesome from Nico and the construction crew, Simon getting the electricity dialed in. That's awesome. And then there's so much art happening in the space right now. It's amazing. Nick Vargas, who is a local artist here in Santa Cruz. He's a tattoo artist and also does illustration. And he's a ledge. He's a local legend like Jared Truby. (laughs) He runs the point. (laughs) He did an awesome mural. Um, if you follow us on social media, you can find it at Cat Cloud Coffee on all handles. There's really cool pictures of it. I love it. It's a really cool interpretation of the cat in the cloud. Thank you, Nick, for doing that. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Mikey Gauman, one of our friends from Slow, has got the countertops just dialed in. They look beautiful. They're getting sealed right now. We posted some pregame pics, but they look even better now with a little bit of seal on them. Janine, if Janine, you give a girl a saw. Yeah, if you give a girl a saw, she has done some tabletops, some bars, the front of the bar, really epic woodcut stuff. She is, she's hustling for show. She, <laughs> her game is on point, dude. She's on fire. So that whole crew's been over there all week, and Jared and I just went and got our floor together. Flooring's coming in hot. Goes in on Tuesday, Monday. It's a nice moonlit pearl. Yep. All of our Lamar Zoko gear is in. Our Curtis gear is coming in hot. I just, we're on fire right now. Yeah, we got Malkunic gears th- in. Three peaks on the counter. Yeah, we've been peaking. We're all peaking week. pretty hard. <laughs> that EK is up there. So, anyway, I guess this is the two week uh, ish heads up on come get coffee from us soon. And then shout out to the staff. We wow. did orientation last night. It was an amazing experience, and I was super blown away with how our staff came together through the whole interview process. And we did some group things, and we did some individual things, but this was the first time the official staff had all been together in the same place at the same time doing work stuff. And the way they were like bonding with each other was just it was killer. We're pretty psyched. Pretty psyched. So I have a lot of energy towards that group. I didn't even sleep last night. I was like charged up. I was dreaming about like, like I don't know what I was dreaming about, but crazy stuff. I yeah, was, our team is good. I kept thinking about our team. It's all over the place too. We got a diverse crew. I'm excited. Go to the Instagram and just check out the picture of our team because we're pumped on it. So they're up there. You can get a feel for, you know, Alex is just standing there in the middle like a like he's running things. I love it. He's got the one hand. He's up. got the one hand like super official. Like this is usually is in my suit, but I don't have a suit on right now. Alex is also listening to this right now, guaranteed. Hi, Alex. Hey, Alex. What's up? So let's just jump into these questions because that's us tooting our horn. Follow us, Cat Cloud Coffee. We're on Facebook. We're on everywhere. Give us a review on the internet if you'd like. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. We're still um, we're still growing this listener base, and we thank you guys for following along for the last year. 
Yeah, if you go into iTunes and rate and review us, that's awesome. Subscribe. That really helps us out and gets us super pumped. We lo- love the information we're putting out, and the more people that can find it, we think that's cool. So thank you in advance. Thank you in advance. I'm going to start with a question that's straight up for George Michael, Chris Baca right now. That's me. If uh, Verve across the street from your house, Chris lives across the street from Verve, closed down and Starbucks took over, would you, Chris, still go there every day? And what would you order? Or would you just make coffee at home? Obviously, once your shop is open, I wouldn't expect you expect expect. expect. I don't expect you put some respect on it to be needing to get coffee somewhere. So this question is only valid before that happens, or is it, bro? I assume you mostly go to Verve now instead of making your own coffee. You used to work there and have that relationship. Thanks, Eric. So I said on another podcast that. I go to Verve because it's directly across the street from my house. I can see it from my little balcony thing. We watch you work. We are seeing you right now. And But I mentioned that if there was another coffee shop there, I was talking about convenience and the way people get their coffee in the morning, that I would go to the other coffee shop. And if Verve closed down, which won't happen, and a Starbucks went there, I would definitely go to the Starbucks. And I, I order the same thing at Starbucks every time. So this is what I get from Starbucks. I get... A short coffee, like the eight ounce. Say short because that's like their lingo, right? So they can vibe it. Sick lingo. Short coffee with an ad shot, a little bit of room, and I put some heavy cream in it. And the the ad shot in the coffee kind of brings it up to the strength that I want it to be at. And then the cream takes the edge off because obviously it's like a little bit roastier than what we're we're dealing with over here. But I actually enjoy it, and I don't compare it to my specialty coffee experience. I just take those things for what it is. And I make coffee at home, but usually not for my first cup of coffee. I like to get out in the world because that's that like gets me going, like getting outside the house, smelling the air and going in to have like an interaction with someone just gets me, gets me juiced. And like I go to Verve, but it's not because I used to work there. I do have a good relationship with all the baristas that work there. Cause there's a lot of really cool people that work there, but I would do the same thing if it was another shop. And then I'd still probably make myself coffee. We just made a Bonavita right now. Some Kenyan Caratina. Very nice beans. Very nice beans. Yeah, I'm I uh even though I'm gonna chime in. Chime. I would I always make coffee at home first anyway, unless I get up really early, in which case, you know, we're talking like that open, I'll have my first coffee at work. But um even after we're open, I would say this. I'll speak for Chris and myself because I know it's true. We're still going to drink coffee all over the place. It's not only sure. going to be from our shop. Uh, and in my mind, if you become so narrow-minded that you're only drinking your own coffee, then you're not actually able to continue to develop and grow and, and learn and evolve and improve. So you got to keep tasting everything forever or else you're going to become one of those boring coffee professionals. <laughs> Or maybe you wouldn't be a coffee professional at that point. You'd just be like a coffee drinker. So there's that. Uh, Here's the next question from our friend Ryan Madrid. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, He met Jen Apodaca, who is the bomb, uh, and he had a great experience with her. So that is cool. He just wanted our opinion on the French press brewer. Ryan runs a small coffee kiosk that can only fit two staff during peak service. And whenever someone would order a pour over at throws the rhythm off. I've recently shifted to using the French press so baristas don't need to get too preoccupied with pouring with a kettle. 
Besides, my staff doesn't have that much practice with the pour over method since they're not home enthusiasts. Enthusiasts like me. <laughs> enthusiasts. But rather industry entrants who went straight to the espresso machine. Do you think the French press can deliver an equal or even better pour over experience for filter style coffees? Or should cafes who claim to be specialty avoid it altogether? Simple answer to this one. It's great. French press is awesome. French press is awesome. So here's two answers to your question. One answer is all these different brewing methods, they just have different results. And the way that we think about them is not one's better or worse. You're just going to get a different experience from it. So French press versus something that has a paper filter, it's going to have a little bit of sediment in it and it's going to have more body. And you maybe will have like a little less clarity of flavor, but it's not going to be like a bad coffee by any means and i think people that are judging the french press are just kind of i don't know they're on a high horse maybe or maybe they just don't prefer it and that's totally okay but that doesn't make it bad but here's something that could change your life clever dripper yeah i was gonna say that so if you haven't you probably know about the clever since you're in coffee but if you haven't it is a pour over looking device but it's got a stopper on the bottom so it can brew full immersion much like a french press but you can use a paper filter in it. So I would look into that because it takes about as much time as a French press. Ease of use is there. Consistency is there. Dial in your clever dripper and just make it rain. Yeah, Ryan, try either of those. But truthfully, I mean, the French press works. If and you like the French press, If you're not getting it, complaints dude. about the French press, roll with it. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe listen to the customers, see what if, they, if they're feeling it. That's all good. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Uh, and also the French press and the clever both are going to allow for a lot more accuracy once you got those things dialed in. So I would consider them far better than having you try to stand over a pour over and get it right every time while sacrificing that quality of service. And that's where we're at. Um, I hope you enjoyed our answers, Ryan. We'll see you <laughs> on another time. See you in Madrid. <laughs> okay, friends. This is a random one from somebody who is... Oh, this is uh, another question from Peter. A lot of people rotting in. Um, how are we going to address me. who we pitch our coffee to? We've always pitched... He's got a company that does coffee. Uh, to cafes slash restaurants that already have a passion for quality and service in their food. Assuming it would carry through to their newly trained coffee professionals. Or processes, I'm sorry. Are we going to simply sell wholesale to anyone who wants it? Or are you going to have standards to whom you sell to? If the latter, how you address customers who come to you who don't meet your determined standards? Thanks again. Petey Pete. Man, there's like <sighs> layers to this. Yeah, right? there's layers. And the first, we'll just take it in buckets. How are we going to address who we pitch coffee to? We're not actually going to pitch coffee to anybody. I'm not pitching. So we're in a interesting wholesale scenario to where wholesale is great and it's going to be like an awesome part of the business, but we're going to let it come to us and just see what happens. We're not in a hurry to go out there and sell. We don't have a sales team. We don't have a head of wholesale or anything like that. And we've gotten some pretty awesome inquiries so far, some of which we've taken on and some of which we haven't. So we're just going to kind of let the let the train do its thing. Yeah, I mean, part of this for us is the authenticity of relationship and getting to know somebody and really bonding with whoever this group of people who may sell slash serve our coffee is. I mean, 
you don't typically, I don't know, make the best relationships by going out and like trying to make people like you overly selling them on things that you're about. Like, be my friend. Yeah, you like be my them, friend. <laughs> yeah, be like, <laughs> be like, hey, how's it going? Want to be friends? Choose. Here's here's what I'm about. Okay, I'm about uh, you know, kicking ass a lot for sure. That <laughs> taking names after I'm done yeah, with that. Once the names are there, <laughs> then I, then we actually just kind of we go home and we maybe make a meal. Um, we tie it off with a solid buzz on a red wine, and then we walk to the cliff. Do you like walking on the cliff? Do you like it? Do you want to be my friend? I feel like sales. I'm just gonna tell it. This is me. I think sales is such a waste of time and coffee, and I know that doesn't that's not proven by any means, but I think what sells is authenticity and providing a good experience, at least for our our business purposes. And sales do work for a lot of people. So there's a lot of people out there in sales who are like, come on, bro, I sell hella coffee and make tons of money. Um, but that's just not how it works for us. Yeah, and I think in terms of, you know, if you're looking at restaurants and cafes, some of this stuff shakes itself out so if, if we take a restaurant for an example and they want to upgrade their coffee program they probably have a brewer already they probably have an infrastructure in place and if they want their customers to have better quality coffee that's pretty awesome it doesn't take anything else for us to do we come in we'll dial in their brewer get them all set up and not really worried about you know it could be just a random diner on the corner it doesn't have to be like a fancy food restaurant at all and we think that's cool because people go there and they're going to drink better coffee and that that's great and about worried about brand protection i'm not really worried about that so much i mean the i guess that's the right though the like, bigger picture is this are they getting a better quality product at the base because right. they're already serving something that maybe isn't good right so if they're serving it with the same style but it's better quality product it's already going to be a step up starting there and then if we can improve their processes to make it even that much better it's always still a win and beyond that you're selling more specialty coffee which supports farmers and people and things all in the jobs you're at so it's it's less about the idea of protecting your brand and more about the bigger picture for us yeah and i think if you work with people who are just enthusiastic like you and people that you generally want to be around you don't have to worry about, well, do the brands align or how is this going to look in the media or what are they going to say? about What are us? they going to say about us? It's like, it doesn't matter. Your brand's going to stand alone. It's, you know, I get that there's association with people that you do business with, but yeah, I feel pretty comfortable that we're, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, Jer, I mean, having said that, if take you're, my breath away, Jer, oh, do it. Oh man. I mean, if the place you're trying to sell to is literally overtly not going to care at all about the product then they're probably not going to be reaching out to you anyway. That's where I'm going because it's like there is, you know, you have to pay to play. If you want if you're serving really crappy coffee and you want to get into specialty coffee and you don't care, you're not going to want to pony up the extra money in the first place. Right. It's like if someone's getting coffee for 6 bucks a pound and then they're trying to switch to specialty and you're like, "Yeah, it's 10.75 or whatever." They're like, mm. "You have to care a certain amount to want to make the investment." Right. So, I mean, a lot of I mean, this is normal to think about those things. So it's like, a, it's a good question. It's just, I think a lot of the world, maybe you could step up even higher, like 30,000 feet and look at it from that space first, instead of trying to start with all the details and then back into what means the most to you. So there's that. Um, our boy from the Coffee Minimalist has written a question. That's another blog. 
And the question stems kind of from the same place we were speaking of. There's a second wave coffee shop. I'll kind of break it down generally because it's a really long email. Um, but one of their favorite shops, the coffee minimalist favorite local shops, is super second wave. And it played a big part in establishing his love for coffee. And they're great friends. Uh, they thrive on regulars who come back and, you know, the coffee's predictable and it's standard and it's not blowing anybody's mind, but it's not disgusting. Um, and as especially market in the city is growing, more people are discovering the better, better quality coffee. And he's wondering if the coffee program there could change or will it start to show its age? And, or will it start to show its age with all this new quality coming into play? So... The question is, can a non-specialty shop diversify their offering to include better coffee, question mark, or are they stuck in the commodity price structure with no room for higher quality without pushing away their customers? Uh, so, I mean, he thinks it's possible, but he knows wholesale price is half, which is exactly what we just spoke on. The cost is less, and they can't overhaul their coffee program without a significant e uh, increase in the menu prices for their guests, which is a big deal. And maybe he thinks they could maintain their current line and add a specialty coffee menu at a higher price point just to see if people will try it. What do we think? So he roasts and or he's asking as roasters, would we even approach a non-specialty shop as a possible wholesale client knowing that their current price model is based on commodity coffee? Does this type of old cafe have a path to become specially grade without driving away too much of its, of its existing business? So you guys already know we're not going to anybody to pitch our coffee. It's not going to happen for us. And then this again comes down to intentions. Like I just start with intentions. What does the owner of that shop want? Uh, there's a possibility to do all those things you said, but it doesn't matter what you think or what I think. It matters what the person at the shop's intentions are. And if they feel threatened by specialty coffee, then they're either going to have to do something about it or not, <laughs> you know? And it's <laughs> like, it sounds so simple, but that's the truth. Like there may be a niche for that coffee company to never change. Yeah. It might not be a big deal. We see that all the time here it in works. Santa Cruz. There's a ton of second or second and a half wave or first and a half wave shops that do really, really well. They have booming business and People in the community are aware of specialty. There's enough specialty here now that it's it's out there, but it doesn't matter to them because they don't they don't necessarily want to change their business model. Doesn't it's not forcing them to change. It's not right. like people are leaving in droves to go to the new hot specialty shop. They're like, I love this place. I don't care. Yeah, this is great. I love my old school pastry. I love my old school coffee. This makes me feel good. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. You know, I mean, if the people who own that business start feeling threatened. Yeah, I probably would instead of changing my whole entire business and just jumping off this cliff out of fear, I would stick with what works and add an option and see how it goes because I just am a really big believer in staying true to who you are and not just following trends. I can't even deal with following trends. It, it's hard for me. Yeah, there's not enough indicators in this email to really tell. You know, is business declining or is it just a feeling that someone has? I think it's more of like a feeling. It right? seems like a feeling. He's saying, where is he say it? They thrive on regulars. Da, 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 da. 
It's like a pre Oh, but feeling. as especially market inner city grows, it's possible that their coffee program will start to show its age. It's also possible that this new coffee situation that's coming up in your city specialty isn't being delivered well. And it's also possible that a lot of people are going to be turned off by the specialty coffee scene, which we've seen over and over again. It might not be. I don't know. I'm not there. But a lot of times, unless the service is insane, specialty coffee is not winning out the gate. No. No, it's, it's a harder sell than the old school coffee yeah. for sure. Exactly. It's a lot more foreign to people. But I think they could make the change if they wanted to commit to making the change. If they wanted to overhaul their whole program and they have this really strong existing customer base and they decided, all right, we're going to go hyper specialty on it. As long as they communicated what they're doing well to their customers and were able to rally to get their customers behind it, it could totally work. Slash probably would totally work. And I feel like we would be down to work with someone who was like that. Like if someone came, they had a second wave shop and they came to us to like, look, this is what we do. I'm really in love with specialty right now. I want to overhaul my whole business. I'm a hundred percent committed to making this happen. I want to work with you guys. I think that's a huge opportunity. Yeah. I mean, but that's the stuff we're impassioned by. Like that's, we like that. That's, that's helping somebody turn the corner and follow their passions and what they're about versus like, right. Yeah. It's just a different angle. On it's that. a different angle. I love that stuff. It's like fear versus. And like I feel like we're pretty intention. good at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no room for fear in my book. There's no room for There's fear. There's always room for fear, but we just don't want to let it in. Nicholas Cage and Ghost Rider said you can't live in fear. Oh man! And then his head exploded <laughs> with <laughs> turned into a skull on fire. <laughs> so I'm not sweating it either. <laughs> it's pretty chill, man. Woo! Hi, Chris, Jared, and Charles. Hey. First off, I'm super stoked for you guys to be going through with your dream and to finally open up Cat and Cloud. Thank you. I absolutely cannot wait to visit you guys and watch you guys shred on bar. I also want to take this time to thank you guys for having the podcast up and really being transparent with what you guys are doing in the industry and on the internet. You guys have been an amazing influence on the way I handle my daily tasks, such as work, school, and my daily interactions with people. With all that being said, I really need to know, what is your guys' source of strength that you rely on to be so enthusiastic? What gets you guys going for the day, besides a cup of coffee, what experience have you guys gone through to develop your values to carry out in this industry? Sorry for rapid firing these questions, but I'd also love to know what inspires you to inspire others through your business. Again, flat out juiced for Cat and Cloud and what you guys aspire to do in the specialty coffee industry. You guys are almost there. Keep up the good work. You're almost there, You're Chris. You're almost there. You're almost there. <laughs> they go hard. They <laughs> go hard. I cry, dude. I cry, dude. I cry. I cry. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, so there's like some simple there's like some simple standard things that I believe in and I believe in like the quality over the quantity. So honestly, not huge, insanely long chunks of work time are, I believe, extremely wise for keeping energy up in general. Um, and Krista Mars, there's like kind of an overlapping question that goes along with this that you wrote in as well. So we're just kind of going to address both of these together. Krista Mars asked about keeping energy up in like a very random sporadic schedule coming from a nine to five and now just being all over the place. So lumping these two together, making sure that I schedule work chunks, like even at our cafe, we're not going to have people work over six hours on the floor. And that's because we believe that the quality of work is going to be so much better when they're not overloaded uh, and their brains don't fizzle out. And that's on top of a lunch break. So I believe in that. 
Uh, I always, I say it all the time, six hours of quality work beats out 10 to 12 hours of just being at work and trying every day. Uh, being physical, taking a walk, whatever your thing is, but getting your blood moving is a big, big deal. Don't just sit. Don't just marinate and do that paralysis by analysis thing where you just think about every single thing that needs to get done and then you just stare out the window because it's too much. Get those things on paper. We talked about in another episode, a time management episode. Go back. It's, I think, called time management, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go back and listen to that one. We've got a lot of what we do. Things that keep me energized and um, it just straight up energized on the future is believing that we can do something unique and different and special. And I've gathered all of the reasons for that over the years and um, just having different beliefs than other people and not being able to apply them as a business owner. And I, I haven't seen uh, the majority of my our Chris and I and Charles beliefs lived out in a business yet. And so believing that we can do something that maybe hasn't been done in the same way we have done it is a really big part of that for me. And it's, it's been something that um, I think Chris and I have spoken to in the past to people we've worked with and attempted to leave imprints and we've left some, but we haven't been able to fully execute and achieve what we believe is like the best possible version of what we can put out ever. And so that's where we're at. And then on the straightforward morning stuff, I said in the other podcasts, I'll say it again. Like I do, I do Bible stuff. I do prayer stuff. That's my thing. Everybody's got their thing, but I, I'm a spiritual dude as well. So that's, that's like the generalized statement for that. We can talk more after you go. We'll probably rant. Go Chris, go. Um, what gets me going for the day? I get stoked on a bunch of stuff that's really not coffee related. I, For me, it's just about being outside. Skateboarding is the thing that just kind of inspires me the most. I have to do it to be healthy or I just get super grumpy. So carving out some time in the day to skate, art stuff, like whether it's taking pictures or doing like a video, I love those things. Those things are just like really get me juiced. And someone asked me a question similar to like, you've been in coffee for so long. Like how, like, how are you still doing this? What's happening? And I think with the new, this new shop going up and the new business coming up, it's the opportunity to do some of the things that are my hobbies, but work them into like a professional aspects of my career. So like, I love doing video. I'm not like a videographer. It's not my main thing, but cat and cloud provides me with this opportunity to do some fun work with video and share it with people. I'm not a graphic designer, but this new project allows me to flex some of that creative muscle and like design t-shirts and mugs and things like that. You know, I'm it it's nice to have a platform that's built on coffee, but you can also find out ways to incorporate other things that you love into it. Cuz if it was just straight coffee, I would totally be burnt out. If it was just only brewing coffee, I would and as much as I love it, I would just straight up not be stoked on it. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, get me out of here. Dude, that, that fully brings back and kind of re-clarifies. And all, this is what Chris and I do. He talks and then it helps me clarify my thoughts because I'm so crazy and ethereal. What keeps me motivated majorly is that this industry is young and too many people. There's like so much room for authenticity and flavor in this industry it still blows my mind. There's not enough people trying to do it the way they want to do it 
and put their own weirdness in themselves into it. Like everybody tries to kind of do similar things and that's not necessarily a knock. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of normal when an industry is as young as it is, like especially coffee is still coming out of the Starbucks age and into this new whatever it is. And I think right now we're in the beginning of a new transition period. Everybody's learning to roast their own coffee. And that's the beginning of people adding flavor to it. But that's still roasting coffee. And we're still serving the same thing. So it's it's coming up with unique and new service models. And I will shout out G&B and go get them because they're trying something different. And they have done something different. But... For me, that's where it's at. And I want to inspire people, especially on our staff, to get creative and think about the things that they get off on because there is so much room, especially coffee, to still be an entrepreneur and still chase your dreams and still do those things and integrate video and leadership and learning and all this stuff. Like the sky's the limit into your coffee business. So there's that. (laughs) I get off on that. And then I'd say to touch back on what Chris wrote in and and his schedule, you know, he's basically saying my schedule went from nine to five to super erratic. The one thing that I would say, and this is just reinforcing what Jared says is just take your week, schedule it out. It really doesn't matter when you work because you all have the same 24 hours in the day. So it's just up to you to figure out how you're going to use those things. And if you do have an erratic schedule, it's a lot easier for things to get lost if you don't write them down. So when I was in slow and I was driving to go work at the French press, you know, that's an hour and a half commute in the morning, basically. And I would do open shifts and stuff, but I would schedule myself like a mini 15 minute workout at like four in the morning. And it wasn't the coolest thing ever, but I got it done, you know, you did it. And at the end of the day, I was like, okay, by the time I got off work, I'd already felt like, okay, I'd already got a little motion in. Now I can focus on some other things. I just felt better. And if you have projects that need to get done, just put them in your calendar. Calendar is freedom. It's not constraining. It's it's freedom. It's so much better if when you get it planned out. And if you have a checklist to go along with it, you're going to feel really good when you check a lot of that stuff off. And you're like, oh, man, I actually have more free time in my day than I expected. That's cool. <laughs> now I can actually relax. I got a cool idea here. Let's go write it down. Yeah, you're... It is tricky. It is. Charles called. I had to dis- I had to say no. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bud. Dissing the third business owner on the internet. All right. That's the end of all the questions that we have for now. But uh, yeah, just some other kind of fun stuff that's happened is we helped Calafia uh, launch a how to steam almond milk video that turned out pretty good and the funniest part of it is that everybody assumes it was the barista series almond milk but chris was that true the pours on there were actually done with the normal almond milk you see the barista milk in the first shot because we had the box there but they both pour really really well and the shots that we ended up using for the video there's two there's like a slow zeta kind of thing and then a stacked up tulip and those were both with the standard off-the-shelf non-barista series almond milk and it's interesting because a lot of people were writing in or, or tagging on instagram like oh man it must be the barista this other stuff doesn't work it does but you just have to be really delicate with it when you steam we explain it in the video it's in the video it's in the video a lot of the a lot of the tips in the video you'll watch it and they seem pretty standard you're like oh yeah and 
a lot of people overthink the milk alternatives too much. So you can find the video on Calafia's Facebook page. There's a little truncated version of it on their Instagram and they have it on Calafia's YouTube page. So it's just a little two minute video about what we, the techniques we use to steam and pour the almond milk. So check it out. We think it's super fun. Hopefully help some of y'all out if you're having almond milk or milk alternative problems. Yeah, it definitely, definitely was fun to do. And yeah, just thanks again to Calfia for being such cool supporters of the podcast. And actually, while we're at it, we might as well just shout out our boy, Brant Curtis. He's putting together some cool custom stuff. We got his G4 Thermal Pro Brewer going into the shop. Brant Curtis is the guy, but Curtis Brewers is the company. It's true. And it's they true. just put together some amazing pre-dialed brewers. So you don't really have to do much when you get them to the shop. You just plug and play. I've used the Seraphim before and those gold cup brewers, and you can definitely make all those things produce really amazing coffee. If you're going to make coffee at restaurants and stuff, like think about that product potentially for you. It's a, it's a really easy program. It push a button and the water brews the coffee for you. It just pours right on the deal. It's, it's kind of a plug and play. Yeah. If you don't want to spend hours surfing in a menu, but you want your coffee to taste awesome, you should think about it. Yep. So anyways, that's, that's that's our time to just thank our friends over there. Uh, and just thank you to all you who are listening. And to um, we're going to shout out Hawthorne in San Diego. They uh, have picked up some of our coffee. And they've only been open for, I think, just under a year. Dylan down there in the crew is really attempting to put out some hot, hot stuff. They're giving you the love. And so it's, it's going down. Uh, so pop on over to Hawthorne in San Diego. I don't even know the neighborhood, but Chris and I are going to be down there visiting in the next couple months and hanging out for a weekend. So when we are, we'll make sure to let you know so you can come high five us. Other than that, we got ourselves. Actually, we have one more question. People keep asking for single origin coffee on the internet mm. and we only have that available through subscription. So if you want single origin coffee from us on the internet, you're going to have to pop onto our website, get yourself a subscription. We're rotating through many different coffees you're going to get a lot of different fun stuff from all over the place we just sent out the, a kenyan coffee that everybody should be receiving soon i'm really excited about it uh otherwise it's only going to be the answer it's the answer is subscription so roll the dice with your homies trust us or <laughs> pick the, the answer dice. because it's always there for you it's always there yeah Man, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. That feels about right. I just want to me. say thank you. Yeah, just to everybody gratitude. that's listening. It's doing the podcast. We've said this before, but it's really fun for us to do, and it's a really cool vehicle for us to be able to connect and share and share not just our opinions, but other people's stories and other people's takes on things. And it's just been this crazy journey, and we just love it. And we're, we're not going to stop doing it, just so you know. No, we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going hard in the paint. So to everybody who's listening, we love it. Thank you so stay, much. Stay gold. Can't, can't thank you enough. Anyway, with that, you know, this is the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Chris and Jared in Santa Cruz, California. Yeah, you're. See you all later. Be well.